The Autistica podcast covers the topics that you want to hear. Our autistic presenters bring together scientists, professionals and experts by experience to discuss autism facts, theories and personal stories. We include a broad range of views and informally chat about new or unfinished research, so don't take everything that you hear as a fact. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify. To hear more, just subscribe and we would love it if you left us a review. Here today with Rachel Mosley, who's a senior lecturer at Bournemouth Uni and a psychologist working on autism research, particularly around mental health and ageing. So I'm really excited to have this conversation. Hi, Rachel, and thanks so much for doing this. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited to, to talk to you. Oh, no, well, we're really excited to have you. Um, so one of the things um, that we were really keen to talk to you about is um, menopause um, and I just wondered um, if you, first of all, if you knew whether it affects autistic people differently to neurotypical people. Well, see, that's the, that's the huge question. And the difficult thing is that there has been literally no research, no research on it at all. Um, so we've done a little bit of, of kind of um, preliminary um, pilot work because we thought, it, it stands to reason that it might affect autistic people differently for several several reasons. But so far, there hasn't been any any kind of large scale empirical investigation of this. But your gut feeling is that it does. Yeah, sh- shall I unpick that a bit? Just why I think it would differ. Yes, that would be awesome. Thank you. Basically, menopause is one of several transition points in the female reproductive life, and it's a time basically for anyone who's biologically female they're at several points so for instance puberty is one of them um the beginning of menstruation menopause is another where you have massive reorganization of the brain systems that um control uh hormones um the development of of kind of the, the sexual um organs um and there's a massive change throughout the brain and it affects cognition and thoughts, emotions, behavior, social interaction. So these these times of life are kind of, they're times when the system is all shaken up. And it seems that people become more vulnerable to mental illness, physical illness in these times. So we see at puberty and at menopause, we see rates of um, depression and anxiety increase. We see an increase in suicidality even. Is that across the general population? Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And, and interestingly, we also see increasing rates of physical illness. So we see um, increasing rates of autoimmune diseases, cancer. Um, and it seems that at these transition points like puberty and menopause uh, it seems that um, the system is more vulnerable to the impact of stress so stress has um, it can have a very uh, detrimental effect on a person's health Uh, it makes them more vulnerable to certain diseases and so it seems that at these transition points people are more vulnerable um, the negative impact of stress is more acute. So why do we think autistic people might be especially vulnerable? Basically, 
weirdly, there's been a little bit of research done in how autistic people experience um, other transition points, so puberty and how they how they experience menstruation. So the research that's out there on these suggests that these are really difficult times for autistic people. Um, menstruating generally is a difficult time. Um, there's a fantastic paper by uh, Robin Seward and her colleagues, um, and they're talking about how during menstruation, uh, many autistic people feel like their their difficulties are magnified um, and their autism is heightened. So if I kind of unpick for you what what menopause can be like for neurotypical people, that will kind of give you an idea what makes me worry about autistic people during this point. Um, because for neurotypical people, menopause, it, as it's this transition point, the, the system is all shaken up. Um, all the, uh, the neurotransmitter systems in the brain um, are impacted. So people find it harder. This is neurotypical people. They find it harder to think clearly. Um, their executive function suffers, their memory suffers. They tend to be more anxious and depressed. Um, and so if you think about this, if you think about the autistic population, they're already probably struggling with executive function. They might already be struggling with anxiety and depression. And as we know, their rates of suicidality are much higher. So this is really this was really worrying to me and my colleague because we thought about how in neurotypical women um quite often they they have some social support network which autistic people might be lacking in okay since, since there's no research out there on the menopause and autism um there isn't really there's been no support that's been specifically designed for autistic people uh, when they're experiencing the menopause. And these people might, autistic people who struggle with communication might find it especially hard to actually talk to doctors about it. Yeah, I can relate to that. And also, I think it's it's difficult to talk, but also it's difficult to kind of marshal your thoughts and actually explain everything that's going on when you feel like that. So it's kind of a two-pronged thing. You're absolutely right. So it, it's just, it, we just thought it was really stark that there was no research out there. And this is a time of life when autistic people might really struggle. And as you say, they they might be kind of trapped alone with their own experience and not really knowing what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And so are you starting this research just now? Well, actually, we're kind of midway through. Oh, brilliant. So, so we're running a two-part study, and um, we finished the first part, and we're kind of working on the second part right now. Ah, interesting. So, um, what sort of things have you looked at in the study? The first part was kind of like participatory research. Um, we wanted to get a focus group of autistic people together, and this was kind of to look at, um, is there an issue here? So you started off by asking me, um, will the menopause be different for autistic people? And my answer was, we don't know yet. We don't know. Will it be different? Will it be a concern? So we wanted to kind of talk to autistic people and find out if they think that the menopause is an issue that needs investigating and whether they think that it might be more difficult 
so that was that was what our first part of the study was doing it was getting together this focus group and kind of just trying to find out what is the state of knowledge about the menopause in autism um do you think there is an issue here do you think it needs investigating is there any support out there so that was that was kind of um more participatory research rather than finding out about people's individual experiences but that's what we're doing in the second part of the study so once we've done the focus group we went away and we're now uh, talking to autistic people about individual experiences of the menopause so we're we're kind of finding out about how for each person how how the menopause affected them um socially uh, at a cognitive level at an emotional level and so forth and will you be looking into whether or not hrt makes the same kind of difference for autistic people as it does for mm. neurotypical people yes well we, we're certainly asking people um what they uh, if they're receiving any treatment and if if that treatment includes hrt I think um, this this study is is a qualitative one, so it's a first step. Um, but we really want to use it as a stepping stone in order to obtain funding, so that we can we can do further investigations and also uh, quantitative ones to see if these um, if these differences uh, that that might be. Um, if autistic people may be struggling with some things more, we want to see if we can actually see that at a quantitative level. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And have you, mm-hmm. um, so this is my kind of own like mini special interest, I would say, um, are you, um, have you spoken to women who also have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome and autism? Because there are a lot of us about. I've, I know there are. Um, so at the minute, um, yes, I'm, I'm conducting these individual interviews, um, and a few, a few of the people in the uh, that, I've, that I've interviewed do have other. They have chronic conditions, um, and one point that was brought up in the focus group was that. Um, I mean, it, it it takes a discussion to a whole new sphere because mm. uh, the menopause um, we know in neurotypical women that the menopause um it it can really have a knock-on effect on your health at several levels um and so if you if you do have a chronic condition then it's entirely possible that the menopause will affect that yeah and i think that the menopause um in terms of menopause and interestingly puberty and that kind of growing up bit in um people with eds is really interesting because um, you know, obviously, um, estrogen and collagen are very um, strongly linked, and so if you've got faulty collagen to start with, and then you're, and, and then something happens physiologically that means that your body isn't supporting your collagen production in the way that it used to, it just seems to me that alongside autonomic dysfunction, it's going to make it a pretty tricky time physically. And if you're also autistic and you've got all of that layering, and let's be, yeah. you know, and being truthful about it. It, lots of neurotypical women find the menopause an appalling um, thing to have to go through. So all of those things kind of layered up, I think, do make it worse. You're right. It, this is this is what was really occurring to us, and, and it has kind of been supported by our focus group. Um, 
although we didn't go into depth on um, chronic health conditions, that it certainly came up that um, the menopause kind of it, it's another layer on top of all the other difficult things that autistic people might be experiencing. Yeah. I had some really fantastic quotes um, during the focus group. One participant said that their autism had been working, it had been working quite well for them. Some of the some of the the aspects of being autistic, like having um, a very good focus for detail um, and for being very very involved in in your subject and being very interested. They said that their autism broke when it came to the menopause. They had a huge explosion of sensory symptoms, um, more trouble communicating, and the aspects of their autism and also their ADHD that had been working for them and the coping skills that they developed suddenly stopped working when it came to menopause. So menopause threw everything into array. We had other we had other comments about how menopause, um, the emotional symptoms, the anxiety, the depression, the, let's call it emotional reactivity. So people found it a lot harder to regulate their emotions. So one person said, um, when menopause happens, it's all too much. And they wondered whether the high rates of suicide in autistic women was related to the menopause. Mm. It seems that it, it what came across in our analysis was that the menopause seemed like a bit of a tipping point where a lot of people had been coping and they'd struggled but they were sort of at a stable place but the menopause threw their whole system into disarray and it, it was like the straw that broke the camel's back yeah i really recognize that i mean i'm I, I'm not yet menopausal, but I am of that age. And I did have a hormone imbalance. Um, so my estrogen levels went through the roof and my progesterone levels dropped. And honestly, and it started with me saying, going down, to, I, I'm really, I know this is stereotypical, but I am quite unemotional. I'm quite logical um, and very fact driven and stuff like that. But I kind of went to my husband and I said, something really, something's going wrong with me. I keep feeling emotions. And it was like this kind of real, like, oh my God, what's going on? It was really strange. Um, and then I got it fixed um, with um, with um, some getting some progesterone, which has made um, a really kind of good um, a, a good balance back again, and so I'm kind of feeling better. But I'm terrified of the menopause, and I'm terrified of aging, on on a physiological level, but also on an emotional level, because I think that that transition thing that autistic people find difficult generally, I mean, I'm really struggling today because they're chatting on a Monday morning and I find the Monday morning transition really hard. But I think um, you, I think that when you, when you're aging and when you go through menopause, it is a big change and how the world relates, you know, neurotypical women talk about this all the time, how the world relates to changes. And I think that by the time we reach sort of, you know, kind of our early 50s, um, many autistic women have found a way to make life work for them. They found a way yeah. to interact with the world. And then suddenly you get that kind of complete difference of being an older woman. And that, I, you know, that I'm terrified of that. I'm I'm sorry to hear that. I I can understand. It's um, 
I think one thing that came out in in the interviews was that um, you're dealing with several levels of marginalisation when you get to that point, aren't you? Yeah. Marginalised as a woman, as an autistic woman, and as an older woman or an older autistic woman. Yeah. You're sort of several layers of uh, being marginalised. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I think that. And I think that the world, the way that the world relates to women, I mean, you know, so much has been done on misogyny and, and, and the experience of women generally. Um, but when you look at how, when you look at how the world reacts to autistic women, when we're younger, quite, some of it can be really positive, you know, that kind of sort of cute, geeky girl stereotype um, yeah. is really prevalent. But, but there are no, there, there are no kind of, there are no, we just don't see in culture, we don't see older women in culture generally, but we certainly don't see older no. autistic women, and that's really tricky. Um, are you going to look at um, the things that we can do to make it easier? Oh, yes. Well, I, I want to kind of say a few more things so I can respond to some of, some of the, the points you've made, because I, I can see, it. I think it's a huge concern for autistic women as they age, and as you said there, people, it, it feels like autistic women become invisible as they age. Uh, I mean, we know that autism research in general, um, it ignores uh, older people. Um, but I think being male, you're always slightly more centred in the autism field. Um, so one of the things we're doing and that we really want to do is heighten um, the visibility of autistic women as they age by kind of opening up this area of study. Um, one of the things we wanted to talk about within the focus group and also within the individual interviews is around what support exists and what support do you think is needed. Mm. And that's going to be something we're going to really highlight um, in the paper. Um, I think I think also there's, there's a few other things I, I kind of want to say to because I, I feel that um, the danger with when I talk about this study is that it's very doom and gloom. Yeah. I, I, I want to say a few things about that. Um, I think firstly, um, in analysing the individual interviews, um, so I've, I've, how many have we got right now? I think we've got between, I think we've got about 15, but I've got about maybe 10 more to go. There's a huge variety in experience. Um, just like in the neurotypical population, some women experience um, a really plain sailing menopause, and actually some autistic people as well are not especially, they don't experience um, a huge trauma with their menopause. So that's something I kind of want to say. There's huge variation. And I think also there's a few things that have come out in our interviews that are going to make it worse. Um, one thing I thought was really interesting was that a lot of our, for our participants in the focus group, several of them, I think the majority of them were undiagnosed when they started going into the menopause. And that seemed to make it harder. They, so they, they'd sort of, they'd struggled, but they'd come to a place where they'd sort of developed coping techniques. Um, they didn't know they were autistic, of course, but they, they'd found their way to a place where they were coping. 
and then the menopause kind of caused an explosion where suddenly their autism was really noticeable they couldn't mask and in that way actually it was the catalyst that led them to seek an assessment right that makes sense yeah it's really interesting but it what we talked about was how if a person doesn't know they're autistic that is probably going to be that might that might well make the menopause experience worse because they can't um, they're not going to understand suddenly why their autism their their difficulties are so much more prevalent and they're not going to be able to find uh, a peer group to talk to so I think knowing about your autism um, when you go into the menopause would probably help you greatly you'll be able to find other autistic people of the same age and the same kind of going through the same experience so I think see a lot of our a lot of our participants it, it really came across that um the lack of information out there on the menopause and also the menopause in autism was really harmful people thought that they were going crazy um sorry that's a very un-PC term but I'm using I'm using the language that was used um, in the focus group people really they were very concerned about their mental health um, because they didn't know they were autistic and suddenly they were having these explosion of symptoms yeah I think knowing about your autism and also knowing that it might affect your chronic health condition for instance I think being forewarned is forearmed is is that the saying it is and I totally agree another thing that I see quite a lot which is interesting kind of when looking at women and girls generally is that often I speak to women who get diagnosed around the time of menopause not necessarily because of their menopausal symptoms but because they have daughters who are getting into their late teens or getting into their teens and going into high school and and suddenly are suddenly struggling in a way that they didn't when they were younger and so their daughter's autism is picked up and then theirs becomes totally apparent so they're dealing with like a, a, a child in puberty which is all always tricky for any parent alongside discovering their own autism alongside going through the menopause and it's this perfect storm you're right I'm seeing that I'm seeing that in so many because I I always ask them what was it that led you to um, self-identifying or or getting a formal diagnosis and so many people say my child was diagnosed yeah Yeah. it's interesting you say you, you identify there that both the child and the parents are going through one of these reproductive transition points. Exactly, and it's only the mums of girls, because the mums of boys tend to be, that I meet, tend to be younger, because the boys tend to be picked up earlier. So it just, I always feel sorry for the dad in this scenario, who's got these hormonal women who just found out they're autistic, (laughs) trying to kind of cope with it all. True. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's a really interesting point. Yeah, so essentially I agree with you that I do think we were kind of sort of, I do think that there is a lot of doom and gloom around it, but I also think that the, with the kind of research that you're talking about doing, there's an awful lot of hope as well, because many neurotypical women find a way to crack the menopause and um, and get on totally fine. And I think if we have, as you say, the right support in place, but also I think the um, kind of uh, physiological research as well, because I know that most autistic people I speak, most autistic women, to be fair, I speak to, react differently to drugs to neurotypical women 
And that might be because I speak to a lot of people who um, also have EDS. But I think if they can kind of get our hormone levels right, then, um, and I, I'm kind of very pro HRT. I think that all the people I've spoken to about it um, who have a depth of knowledge um, seem to think that on balance, it's, it's a good idea. And I think that it can make life so much better for us if that research is in place. So what you're doing is totally yes. amazing. Well, I, I would absolutely love, I, I want to, I want to really shine a light on this area of research because it's completely unexplored and we but we need to go further as you say we actually need to look at the physiology of what's happening um so we we need to compare autistic people and non-autistic people and, and their menopausal experiences and also as you say their response to treatment because you're absolutely right that it it would be so interesting to know so important to know whether autistic people respond the same way to HRT and whether they require some other kind of additional yeah this it's just a wide open field um and we know nothing at the minute oh uh, yeah exactly exactly and, the, and and knowledge you know knowledge is power isn't it i think that, yes. it, that that i think you can i think one can cope with most things as long as, as as long as there's stuff to back it up. And also I think that being autistic means that we want to read loads of research and we want to kind of yeah. understand the facts behind everything. Yes, and that's very much coming across. One of the, the, the key themes that really came out of our focus group was that there's a real lack of professional knowledge. And so our participants understandably didn't have a lot of, they didn't have high expectations of professionals doctors um psychologists psychiatrists and they were the experts they were the ones going to the conferences and reading papers mm. and that's often the case isn't it that people in marginalized groups or um who have chronic conditions very often they have to become their own advocates totally oh well it would be really 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 great to have a chat with you again once your research is completed and if anyone wants to follow what you're doing um is there a way of doing that yet you can just search for me i'm uh, i'm rachel mosley and um when this paper comes out i will it will be going on there um but hopefully otherwise i i, I hope to be coming along for some autism conferences and um and if anyone's just interested, they're very, very welcome to email me. If you're autistic, a family member, a researcher, or you work with autistic people, you can join the Autistica Network. The network is the UK's autism research network run by Autistica. You'll get email updates about the latest research and you'll hear about studies that you can take part in. By working together and sharing knowledge, we can make real progress for autistic people. Find out more at autistica.org.uk.